Hi, everyone. It's Marilyn Aloria, and welcome to Who Can It Be Now, the podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about clear audience, clear hearing. And is that your guide's voice or isn't it? How to know it is your guide's voice and how to learn more about how to know it's your guide's voice. I'm going to share some stories. I'm going to share why this is so important for me right now and why I'm bringing this episode to you. And I'm also going to talk to you a bit about auditory symbols and just some really fun things about clairaudience and clear hearing, and a little bit about the difference between clairaudience and claircognizance. But before we get started, I just want to remind you to rate, subscribe, and review this podcast. Share it with your friends, your neighbors, your husband, your wife, your kids, if it's appropriate. Maybe somebody in the grocery store, the pet store, whoever you want to share it with. I know a lot of you are in the closet and don't want people to know that this is what you do on the side but it's time to get out of that closet. And I'm going to talk about why I want to talk about this topic with all of you right now, why it's really important to me and why I'm stepping out of the closet in an even bigger way and how that is showing up in my life. And clairaudience is a big part of that, clairhearing and what happened to me when it opened up. I know I touched a bit about this before another episode or in another episode, but we're going to do a deep dive today into this. So get ready, buckle up, and um, just get ready for some fun. So before I go in, I just want to talk to you a bit about what's going on in my own life and why I feel this is important for me to bring this to all of you. I have been really um, committed to my soul, my truth, my alignment, my voice, why I'm here, what I want to do, and what I don't want to do, and just really committed to my overall life and well-being. And a lot of things are opening up and a lot of expansion is happening in my life and a really lot of cool things. And I feel really excited by what's going on. And I felt this weekend as I was like talking with my guides, they showed me this door of a boat and like the big steel wheel on a door when you have to turn it to open it. And it was from the movie, The Poseidon Adventure. If you haven't seen that, go watch it. Um, There's a remake. I didn't see the remake. I only remember the original when it came out. And they reminded me that like, I'm opening these doors to my life, like in the boat, what they're doing is they're in the boat, the boat turns upside down, and they're trying to find their way out. And most of the people are going one way. And there's a small group of people like, no, we got to go to the bottom of the boat because it's turned over. And that's where we're going to be able to get to the ocean. So not everybody believes them, not everybody trusts them. The mass audience goes one way, goes the wrong way. And they trust their gut instincts and go this way. And they open different doors in the boat, or at least one in particular, I remember. And water comes rushing in with debris and furniture and dead bodies. And they have to, it was Shirley um, Winters, Shelly Winters, I think her name was. She had to swim through it. And I'm not going to tell you the whole story, but anyway. And my guides were like, this is what you've been doing. You've been opening these doors. And sometimes you're opening them to fresh air and openness and expansion. And sometimes water comes rushing in with this debris and this furniture and these dead bodies. And those are just memories and past experiences that you've been healing and working through. And the water's about the flow of your life. And I feel like I've opened the door to the part where it's the bottom of the boat, but it's really the top of the boat now where they're just free and they realize they've been saved and they're on they're out in the air and they see the ocean. And I can't remember, I think there was a plane... Um, overhead and they know they were rescued. So I just share that image with you because I'd written about this in my communities this week and about how committed are you to yourself, to your dreams, to your soul, to living your truth. And our truth center lives in our heart for me. 
and in our throat chakra, which is where clear audience lives, clear hearing. And so I want to talk to you a little bit about my truth, about what's been going on in my own life, about a clear, some clear audience stories that have been happening to me and what I've been noticing in my students as we dive into your own, your experience as you listen to this. So recently I have been diving back into, diving seems to be the word of today, a, a story of mine that happened to me 12 years ago. And it's about, I've been teasing you guys with the story, but actually it's going to be a separate podcast is what I've decided. But it's the story of when I went into a restaurant, went to clear it and came upon a spirit behind the bar, laying down in a pool of blood, knew he was stabbed and started giving all this information out to the restaurant owner and the woman who hired me, his girlfriend, and then went into the kitchen and saw knives everywhere and blood. And I was like, did anybody get cut in the kitchen? And the restaurant was very new. It was only opened a month. And it was like, nobody's gotten cut in this kitchen. It's a kitchen you think somebody would. And the owner was like, no, no, no. And I'm like, there are knives, there's blood everywhere. And it ended up that um, the ghost that I saw was killed through a stabbing. They found that out like a week later and it launched into this whole experience with me and this ghost. And for many years, I have had this story and I've been sitting in the story and I've been sitting with the story in my heart. And I want to go back and share something else with you guys. So when I started as a medium and opened up and accepted it and invited it in and allowed it to, to allowed myself to be my truth, my honest truth. I was able to speak to deceased people easily, effortlessly, and with incredible accuracy and clarity. I think anybody can. Okay. And I was really good at it. And it was such a great experience for me, but started becoming a bad experience. And I'm going to tell you why. And I'm not going to go into all the stories right now, because I do want to bring this story to you guys down the line. But when I started entering into it, it just happened to me. It just automatically opened up. And then I started studying a little bit. There wasn't a lot available to me when I started opening up to this gift because the internet wasn't, this is like, when I really dove in, it was about 17, 18 years ago. I'm starting to get time frame now. And there wasn't a lot, the internet wasn't what it is today. So you had to go to a bookstore actually, you know, and look up books. And I couldn't find anything on Claire Audience when Claire Audience was opening up to me. I found one chapter and one book. So my guides had to teach me most everything. And so I started studying, different people started popping up and I started studying and there was all these formulas out there. You have to do it this way and are only a medium if you're doing this. And you can't even go out and do readings unless you're sitting in circles for five years. And I was like, whoa, whoa, what's going on? You know, this is like, feels really formulaic for me. And you can get caught up in crap like that. Like, well, maybe they're right. And they've been doing it for years, but wait a second, I'm already giving readings. And I've been giving readings. And I actually went and, um, to a, a famous medium and uh, took a class with this person. And this person really like ridiculed people in that class, like was very, very mean to people in that class that people walked out of that class going, I'm going to give this up. And I thought it was disgusting, to be honest with you, and I, I atrocious and horrible. And during this time, there were different things that happened. And one story in particular, I so want to share with you today, but I promise I'll share it down the line. And um, I just decided, you know what, I got tired of this is the only way to do it, or this is the way to do it, or if you do it that way. And I let that stuff get in and bother me. And I was like, you know what, 
You want to be like, I'm the best medium. I'm the the psychic to the stars, which freaking annoyed the crap out of me when people said shit like that. I'd be like, yeah, I'm the psychic to the girl in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Like, why is that any better? That gives you credibility. What about the credibility of how you advise people and how you help people and how um, it doesn't matter. We don't value people based on their status in life, you know? So I kind of pulled back from it all and I shut the door to deceased people. And I would send people elsewhere to go for those readings. And what I, in essence, did was shut down a part of my, part of that part of my gift, right? But I didn't shut it down in my channeling ability, talking with my guides, channeling spirits, or if spirits came through. But what I started doing was choosing not to speak about it and kind of just holding it back a bit. Now, I didn't, never wanted to be one of those mediums that walked up to you in a store anyway and said, by the way, your father's behind you and da 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 da. I was on the, uh, tennis court the other day and um some reopening the store up and the guy's father was there but I was like I'm sorry I'm playing tennis and I'm certainly not going to in this tennis game go your father's here so I will not be that medium um I don't judge actually other people that do it don't come to me like somebody who uh bulldozes me I don't want it like get away from me so I've just started opening this up like more again, cause I'm diving into this story. And this is when I was really like doing this a lot and speaking to deceased people. And it's actually a lot of fun to speak to deceased people because they have just great personalities and sense of humors, or sometimes they're scary or whatever this, the crap that's going on. It's actually a really interesting conversation to be having. But so I started diving back into it because I'm diving into this story and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to just ignite this light again in this part of my atmosphere, my gifts. And, um, as I'm diving into the story, I was like, you know what, I'm going to start, I went back to watch medium again and, uh, ghost whisperer. And as I was watching them, I watched them back then all these memories of my own abilities started flooding back. And I said to spirit while watching the show, all right, I'm opening the store again. Just, just open it. It's wide open. Let them in. They can come in. I'll talk to them. Of course, I still have rules, but let them in. And the other night I was sleeping and all of a sudden I heard in my right ear, wasn't in my ear. It's a disembodied voice. This is a part of Claire audience, but right by my ear, peekaboo. And I'm like, woke me up, peekaboo. And I'm like, no, you fucking don't get the fuck out of here. <laughs> it's like, there is no way I'm having some creepy kid whisper in my ear because I decided I'll speak to dead people again in the middle of the night. So I shut down my room and I said, okay, I'm okay with this, but not in the middle of the night. I really need to get my sleep. I don't want this. And it got me thinking to everything I'm sharing with you about how to know it's your guide's voice when you open up to Claire audience, the different ways you can hear how you can't deny your gifts because you're denying an aspect of yourself, how you have to fully embrace yourself, how outside interference can get in the way. I think I shared this last week where somebody in my, um, I think it was the SAS experience said to me, I said, you know, everybody's gifted. And the woman said, thank you so much for saying that. I was on a call this morning with this medium teaching. And she said that not everybody's like her, not everybody's gifted. And I hate stuff like that. When I was doing um, 
platform readings. That's when you go into a room of people. There's a whole group. And I did it very early on. I was invited into curves of all places. It was great for me. And they were like, will you read for like 40, 50 people? I'm like, sure. I've never done this before. Let's do it. Because there was something bigger than me just directing me and telling me what to do. And I remember a woman saying to me, am I a medium? And I'm like, who am I to tell you you're not a medium? So a lot of like, when you dive into your gifts and you dive into this stuff, you're going to hear things from your guides internally, externally. We're going to talk about that. And you want to be able to trust what you're hearing and you want to be able to follow it. And you want to be able to know when it's them and when it's not them. Because I also see a lot of people following the voices that are not the truth or they're not their guides, but they like to say, oh, that's my guide. My guide told me. And I'm like, yeah, that's not your guide. So we're going to go over a bit of this, but I just want to talk a little bit about my own experiences. So clairaudience is a very, very cool gift. It's um, like I said, it lives in your throat chakra. I know I've shared this before and I'm not going to dive into my clairaudience stories, but normally it'll show up where your throat will start bothering you. You'll, um, when you go into meditation, you may <clears throat> be clearing your throat a lot. When I did sit in spirit circles a few times, I sat in spirit circles, probably a little bit more than a few. Um, I remember we would like the lights would go out. That's what you do. You turn off the lights. Everybody gets into a quiet state. We invite deceased people in. And there was this one woman through the whole thing would just go, she'd be clearing her throat the whole time. And I wanted to just punch her in the face. I was like, yeah, we get it. Your clear audience is opening. Now will you fucking take a cough drop? Please. It's like disturbing the heck out of us. And I wasn't the only one who felt that way. But you could clear your throat. Your ears can get clogged. You could have ringing in your ears. You could feel dizzy because there's an equilibrium imbalance. There's many different things. Now, I am not a doctor. So if you're having these physical things, go get it checked out by a doctor, which is what I did, and then found out, oh, there's nothing wrong with you physically. That's when I dove in deeper. So what I've noticed is with Claire Audience, so this happened to me and, um, my hearing came and I'd start hearing my name called and I'd turn around to be nobody there. I would hear disembodied voices or I'd wake up in the middle of the night and there'd be like a game show audience in my room cheering, or I would hear a guy on a bus giving directions. You know how, like, I, I don't know where you live, but in the city, I used to ride the bus a lot and they'd be talking over the speaker thing, you know, like that. And all of a sudden I'd wake up and that's like going on, or I'd hear a train go through my room. Like, noises outside my ears, disembodied sounds. Like it's not connected to anything. It's not connected to a radio. It's not connected to a TV. It's just appearing. Um, the other way that it opened up for me is I thought the radio, I heard two voices constantly speaking in my room and I'd be like that friggin' radio. And I'd be turning it off, turning it off, unplugging it. And they would keep talking. So you can hear outside you can hear inside. You have to know where to hear it. I'm going to break this down. Don't worry. So you can hear inside. It could sound like your own thoughts, or um, you can even use physical sound that's around you as a clairaudient way of hearing. But first, what I want to do before we break down clairaudience even more, let me tell the, I'm going to tell you the difference between clairaudience and claircognizance. And then I'm going to go into how important it is to know that it's your guide's voice and what you can do. So clairaudience for me, this is my way of teaching, right? And a lot of what I've learned, yes, I did study with some people and um, I also read some books, but a lot of what I've learned is a combination. I'm going to say it's a combination of stuff of people I've studied with, but also a lot as my guides. So clairaudience, again, was something I really, really learned from my guides because there was nothing out there. And even the classes I took, I don't remember them really teaching clairaudience. 
Clairaudience to me is linear. So when my guides are speaking to me clairaudiently, they are speaking to me like sentences, like I'm speaking to you right now. Claircognizance is a knowing where I can get an entire story in a split second. I can look at someone, know everything the spirit wants me to know in a split second. Or when I'm channeling, sometimes they're downloads, right? I'll get an entire download and I can only get a sentence out, even if I'm reading someone or if I'm channeling into my own recorder and I'm repeating what the download is, I'll say it in a couple of sentences because it's filled with, it's filled with feeling. It's filled with images. It's, you know, and it could be tapping into my clairvoyance and empathic skills. There's a ghost in here right now with me. Clairvoyance or clair empathic skills, but it's, it's like a download. It's just a ton of information. So clairaudience to me, the way I describe it is very linear. It's like the way I'm speaking to you. That's the way I receive it. You may receive it differently. I teach all the time that we're our own instrument and you have to know your instrument. You have to know how you hear, how you see, how you feel, how you sense, how you know. You have to know where your guides are. You have to know how your guides speak to you. So the reason why this is coming up so much for me right now is I recently, we recently did the SAS experience, which was incredible. And people either, um, we had a bunch of people join Soulfinder Academy after, and some people choose not to, which is totally cool. They love the experience and everybody gets a lot out of it. And I noticed with some of the people who were really, really engaged in the SAS experience and they were doing great. And we reached out to some of them. Um, and some people were very clear that it wasn't for them. And I could tell by their response that they would be like my guides or I spoke to my guides or blah, blah, blah. And I could tell, okay, yeah, they're, they're connected. I can tell that. Some people I would get this response. I pulled a tarot card or my guide and I could tell there was so much fear and scarcity and lack behind their response. And I'm like, they're not really connected. They're not really hearing from their guides. But they're saying they are, but I can tell they're not. And then I realized I have to bring this conversation out to everyone to kind of give you a gauge of when you're really hearing from your guides and when you're not. Now, it's definitely a muscle that you have to work on. It's not something that, you know, I think for me, the reason why I was able to channel so quickly was because of all the dream work I did. And I had to just trust And I'm not going to get into that whole story again. I know I've shared stuff about that, but it, I was like a very skeptical medium, but I still kept talking with them. And luckily for me, my guides are teaching guides. So I'm sure every guides are, I think they're different though. We all have like a different kind of specialty with our guides. I feel like, but my guides knew I'd be teaching this stuff. So they were teaching guides. So they were teaching me. They were teaching me my language, my personal instrument, how it worked, which can be um, taught to others. And then they learn how their instrument works with their guides, right? Through the techniques and the tools that my guides have taught me. So I noticed when I was listening to this, that people really don't know where they're getting the information from. They're just pulling it out of thin air or they're using it as an excuse, And I was like, I've got to talk about this. So how can you know it's really your guide's voice and not your voice? Well, one of the things is, is you really have to tune in when you feel like it's your guides and you have to notice the energy behind the information. And what I mean by that is my guides, 
when they give me information, it's very neutral. There's no emotional attachment to it at all. That's my guides. When I've taught this before, my students, sometimes I'll hear them say, oh, my guides aren't neutral. I'm like, well, that may not be your guides. You have a different instrument. So what you literally have to do and and emotionally and energetically is lean into the response and feel it. What does it feel like? What does their energy feel like? And that's going to help you to know if it's them or not them. Now, there's many ways to know, but that is one way that I am like a big believer in. I teach this in Everyday Guided Living to lean into their answers so that you know what it feels like. And you may not know it right away, but like, say you, you feel like you're hearing your guide, lean into it. What does that feel like? What's like, give it a color, give it a, a cool or a hot feeling, give it a emotional energy. And for me, I feel like it's neutral because my guides knew with me, I was so up and down in my emotional energy when I met them. Uh, that if they'd given me like, hi, this is great. Oh my goodness. Oh, this is really bad. It would really mess with my own equilibrium of my emotional energy. So they knew to come in at a very neutral pace, like just no emotional attachment. And I could feel it. it. They're always unconditional love, but they feel very like, it just feels so good to me. So I know it's them. The other thing that I did is um I created a mini me. And the mini me sat on my shoulder, on my right shoulder. So we're going to go into clairaudience in a second, but I hear, my hearing is in both ears, but it really, when it opened up, it was my right ear. And the other thing you want to do is when you hear them, even if it's a a sentence coming in like a newsflash into your head, like a sentence comes in and it's like, where did that come from? That's probably your guides. It feels really good. It's like, wow, that was inspiring you know, whether the energy is neutral or not, it's still like that's expansive energy. That was the other thing I noticed behind the responses of these people, contracted any energy and expansive energy. When so when someone would say to me, um, and I had no attachment, like I was just like, I'm like, wow, you're doing really great in this experience. Do you want to continue on? And uh, like many people did, and some people like, no, you know what, this was absolutely incredible for me, but I'm going to wait, you know, um, blah, 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 because I'm in blah, 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 whatever the story was. And I could feel it. And I was like, oh, that's an expansive answer. That's good. Good for you. So glad you know this about yourself. And then other people like, oh, no, you know, I pulled that tarot card and and I could feel the contraction. That's the other thing. Your guides are going to be expansive. Even if the answer is no, there's going to be expansion with it. I don't never do my guides answer me where there isn't an evolution of my soul and expansive energy behind it, where I know that I'm growing into an expansive place. So when they started talking to me, my guides taught me to learn, number one, what it felt like and where that sentence landed in me. Now yours may land in your heart, may land in your third eye, may land in your throat. I don't know where it may land in your toe, may land outside your body. But when they were speaking to me, it sounded like my voice. It would go right where my right ear meets my face. That's where it was. So, and then the left side goes directly into my ear. And that's usually deceased people or a different energy. My guys, I know their energy so well um, now that they can even sometimes they'll drop in the right side of my face. But in the beginning, it was only that place. So you could tap into it and be like, that felt like my guys. Where did I, 
where did I hear that? And visualize it too. And then know that that's them. And when they respond to you again, maybe they respond to your left side, but it feels like them. Push it over to the right side or tell them, hey guys, when you talk to me, only talk to me in this place, this one direction in my head. So I know you too, or in my heart, maybe you get to direct it into your heart. You have to be the instrument. You have to be the investigator in your life and figure it out. So when, um, my guides would, would talk to me like this, I would know it was them. I would know it. And this is also the mini me. That's what I was telling you about. So the mini me, um, came to me. I believe I might've gotten this from opening to channel by Sinea Roman, which is a really great book. I recommend it highly. And, uh, she, so I had this little mini me and I said, okay, we have a deal here. If I'm manipulating during the channel session, you're going to sit on my right shoulder and I'm going to ask you if I'm manipulating and you have to answer honestly. And she was in complete agreement. Now, what you guys don't realize is that you have so much free will. And I, at this point, I was working with this work for a bit and I knew I had free will and I knew that I laid the law. Cause that was the only way we were going to work together. Me and my guys, I got to lay the law. I had to be in control in the beginning. I was like, you ain't coming in any hour of the night, like peekaboo, you know, that stuff doesn't work for me. So she sat on my right shoulder. I'd go into a channel session. I'd be talking with my guides. I'd be getting information. And you know, when you're asking something you're really emotionally attached to, you can manipulate the response. And at that point I was still kind of new to it. So there would be moments and I would turn around to her and I go, am I manipulating? And she'd be like, yeah, you're manipulating. So I kind of like learned how to back up from my attachment. Sometimes she'd be like, no, you're not manipulating. And I'd be like, oh, that's cool. That's a great answer. I love it. Whatever they were giving me. But if she said, yes, you're manipulating, I learned to back away from the response. What does that mean? I surrendered. I let go of my emotional attachment. I started releasing. I started trusting more, having faith. You have to have trust and faith in your guides. So many people are attached to outcome when they have something so much better for us. So she would teach me that. So that's my mini me technique tool for you that can help you. So I definitely recommend doing it. You can, you can do it with many things. That's what worked with me. Okay. Let's talk about clear audience, clear hearing, such a cool gift. Love it. Love it. Love it. Um, Claire audience lives in your throat chakra. It's light blue. There's many ways of opening the chakra up. One of the ways is to visualize the light blue color in the throat chakra morning and night. Um, To own that throat chakra by saying your name in it and seeing your name written in it, saying, I am a beautiful person and seeing that written in that chakra, opening it up. I am amazing. I am gifted, you know, whatever it is. And that's also speaking your truth to yourself, which is why I started with this story where I backed away from one of my truths because I didn't like the, the outside interference, which is my own fault. Right. But I just, when things started getting like, I'm better than you, I was like, Oh, you know what? You can all be better than me. Have it. Um, and that's, that was a, a struggle of my own truth, right? Like denying something in myself. So reopening up to that and, or of the truth of the time, because I don't really feel like it, it hurt my um, business at all. 
um, what I feel like it did is it just made me focus on other things. So, but saying I am statements, which is such a powerful statement and saying it and seeing it at the same time in your throat chakra is only going to open up one, how you speak to yourself, your truth to yourself, because so many people deny themselves their own truth. And I'll let you know what that means in a second. And the other thing is the power of the words, the power of the voice, say it out loud and see it allows you to really open that up and using the visuals of it. Now, um, see, I should have stopped and said, I am seeing it, saying it, why that's important, speaking your truth to yourself and how people deny it. I'm just not going to stop this recording. You're going to have to go on this ramble fest with me. So um, how people deny themselves, they may say, I'm a writer. And then they hear, no, you're not a writer. You're too old. Who do you think you are to be a writer? There's so many books out there about that already. You suck. That's denying yourself your truth. And the more you speak, one of the things I teach in my audience classes, and I think this is a membership, I don't remember, but when you speak out loud, say you're playing with Claire audience, right? And you want to say the I am statement, I am beautiful. I want you to see the words travel out of your mouth and then travel into your ear down into your throat chakra. It's another way of opening up your throat chakra, Claire audience. Okay. This is stuff my guides taught me. Another way, another thing they taught me was walking outside, seeing the blue sky and bringing the blue sky into my throat chakra and letting it be there. Now I ask you not to do that when you're driving, please be careful because This work can, if you don't know how to ground yourself, which a lot of people don't in the beginning, they're very ungrounded, you can harm yourself or hurt yourself. And I don't want you doing that. So I used to, spirit would have me play with the blue of the sky. Um, Some people would wear like blue scarves to open up their throat chakra. So you can do different things like that. So clairaudience, like I said, it lives in your throat chakra. It can sound like your own voice, but you can also hear outside your ear, the disembodied voice. Um, it could be in another place in the room. You want to just pay attention to that stuff. When your clairaudience is opening up, it, it, it can come in many different ways. It can be in your head. It can be somewhere in your body. It doesn't matter. The other way clairaudience can show up is actual physical sound. So I could be in a reading and when I'm in a reading, so I remember the first party I did, it was this big party. I was so new to this work and this guy's like, Hey, you want to do a party? I'm like, yeah, sure. I'll do a party. And I go to this party and it's with all these tech people and it's at this club and it's really big. And, and I'm doing tower readings at that time. Usually I did tower readings at parties cause it was just made it simpler than, um, it would still be my mediumship. I would still bring it through, but the cards kind of made me contain it to like the 10, 15 minutes that you had. And, um, I remember just sitting there doing these readings and I didn't even hear the party. I didn't hear anybody around me. It was like, just me and the person. And that was it. And that is when I noticed too, that if, if spirit wants you to hear a physical sound in the room, it's important because when you're reading, you really go into a whole other space. If you're reading like mediumship wise, which is I'm taking everything from my guides, even if I have tarot cards in front of me, taking everything from my guides, cause that's my work, get myself out of the way. And my guides are speaking to their guides and bringing everything in. And if I hear a sound, then a physical sound, I know that's meant for the reading, just like they'll use my body. If my legs are crossed in a reading, I know that that's for the person. If my arms are crossed over my heart, I know that's for the person. So they use my physical being too. So if you're hearing a physical sound, like I'll never forget the gardener blower, 
it could be there and have nothing to do with the reading, I won't hear it. It's like if the tree in the forest falls and nobody's there to hear it, do you hear it? I won't hear it. But if I'm supposed to hear it, oh my goodness, it'll be like right outside my ear. And you have to know what the physical sound means to you, the symbolic meaning of it. So what I do with my students sometimes is, well, a lot of times if I'm teaching Clara audience, is I have them close their eyes and I have them listen to the sounds in the room for a certain period of time, like a minute or 30 seconds. And many times if there's different sounds in the room, there'll be one sound that becomes more profound. And they'll also notice maybe it's in the left of the room, but they're hearing it in their right ear or they're hearing it in their heart or they're hearing it in their throat. And then you want to ask yourself, what does that sound remind you of? What does it feel to you? Like, I can't stand the blowers of the gardeners. It drives me insane. Um, honking horns, you know, I don't really like them. I love that I live in a town now where people don't really honk. It's really wonderful. It's great. I also don't hear a lot of blowers because we're in the forest and really, where are you going to blow the leaves? To the other leaves? And then the leaves are going to come back? Like, there's leaves everywhere. You can't really blow them. So (laughs) it's kind of great that I don't have to listen to that. Birds chirping, woodpeckers, big sound for me. So ask yourself when the sound comes in, what does that mean to me? What is the memory I have of it? How does it feel? What do I feel about that sound? And you'll be able to get answers that way. So I suggest you play with all of these tools. Um, another one is sing high vibrational songs will open up your throat. What does high vibrational songs mean? Could be like, um, anything that's love based or, um, spiritually based, you know, nothing about, yeah, I wouldn't do heavy metal. It's not gonna, it's not a considered, well, at least for me, it wouldn't be a high vibrational song. I'm very sensitive to sound too. Some of you may be very sensitive to sound. I, I've been like this for the longest time. And now that my Claire audience is, you know, full blown open, I can't be around loud noises. It's, it's really grating on me. Like I feel it in my body. So, um, sing beautiful songs. Let, just let your throat open. Speak really beautifully to yourself. Sing, you know, open your throat and just make sounds. That'll open up your throat chakra. Anything that wants to come out. Or just make up your own song using beautiful words. And your Claire audience will open up, which is, like I said, it's such a cool tool. Such a cool tool. So what I want you to do when you're playing with Claire audience is I want you to maybe out loud, ask a question. I say, maybe you could say it internally too, but start your day with asking a question. And then throughout the day, pick three auditory symbols and then write down what those symbols mean to you. And then by the end of a week, you'll have an entire reading for yourself. You will know what spirit wants you to know. And what it'll also do is it'll start tuning you into their vibration. Notice when you hear the symbol, how it feels lean into it. Notice where you hear it. Notice if there's a feeling to it. It's just like clairvoyancy when clairvoyancy was like opening up for me. And again, there wasn't, my guides were teaching me and they were like, you know, I'd be in the park. I shared this story and there's squirrels always in the park. So it's something you don't always notice because there's always squirrels, but it was like the squirrels and I were on a date. Everything went out of focus and it was just the squirrels and I and I could see everything. Sometimes when I see spirits on the street and I'm not seeing them um, physically manifested, I'm seeing them third eye projection, which they're projecting out my third eye. 
but I can see visually the detail, the color of their hair, the lines on their face, what they're wearing. Like it's so vivid. So clairaudience can be like that too. Notice if it's vivid, like pick those three symbols and maybe just randomly pick three symbols and notice if one symbol jumps out more than another auditory symbol. Notice if it's got a crispness to it, or if it's like touching your heart while it's touching your ear, or there's like, it just feels like it's a multidimensional language. All of this is multidimensional talking for me. It's a multidimensional hearing, multidimensional feeling. It's like this, this language of the universe that I have, it's an, an, you may have too. So please don't think that I'm like saying, oh, I have it and you don't. And I'm trying to teach it to people. It's a multidimensional language. It's not singular. Nothing, nothing singular for me anymore. It hasn't been for the longest time. If spirit wants me to hear a bird, now remember I'm always in nature and they really want me to hear it. I can, first of all, I know it's them. I know how it drops in. I could feel it. It's got a vivid crispness to it. That's my instrument. And then there's all this information behind it. And sometimes I don't know, like when we did that readings and I was taking you through the hike and I was like, wow, that bird, what is that bird? What is that bird? I'm like, oh my goodness, it's the crow. He was just in front of me. And um, it's sometimes, you know, I have to sit there myself and go, okay, what's the crow mean for me? What is it trying to tell me right now? You can even pretend, take the, uh, another Clairaudian thing that I play with is take an inanimate object and have it speak to you sounds nuts, but it opens things up. I'm always playing these games with my students like, okay, um, you know, I always ask secret questions too, which I haven't done with you guys yet. I may have to do that. I think I'll take you through a soul session and you can see how I work with secret questions because it really opens you up and you're like, oh my goodness, I can't believe what I do is I give you, I do a thing. I give you a technique. I give you a tool. You're answering it. But what you don't realize is I'm asking also a secret question. So you're answering the secret question. I don't even know there is a question. Um, but what you could do is like ask the tree, what song do you want to sing to me right now? Notice where you hear it. And that's going to open you up. All right, guys, that is Claire audience, Claire audience. And it's really great. Um, I'd love, love to hear from you. Oh, I did hear from someone. I want to see, wait, hold on. So I want to give a shout out to Marianne, um, because she wrote, in and she said, um, she was at episode 16. She said, maybe you figured out your tagline, but I keep hearing, who can you be now? Let's open the door and find out. And I love that, uh, Marianne. Thank you so much. Um, I'm still a little hung up on who can it be now, but what I love about this is the who can you be now is who are you becoming by listening to all of this? Like there's so much more that I feel like is coming through my podcast and I hope it's happening for all of you. At least that's the feedback I'm getting from my own community. Um, and that it's really helping you to discover parts of yourself or rediscover parts of yourself or give credibility to parts of yourself. So I love that. So she said, who can you be now? Let's open the door and find out. And that was great. She said, I feel like I'm discovering and developing parts of myself with each episode. I'm just reading this now. My assistant sent it to me. And then she asked about the intro music. It was um, designed by Von Ferry. Um, he did my intro music, Beautiful Man, and he did my outro music as well. So I had it... Um, I had it made for this podcast specifically. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Remember, if you really 
love this podcast. Please rate it, share it, subscribe. Um, email us at info at who can it be now podcast.com. Anything you want to learn, I want to know. Anything you want me to go deeper into, I want to know. Um, any feedback that you have is great. Let's hear it. Just be respectful. I always say that even though I don't need to usually in my communities at all, actually, I don't need to say to my communities at all because they're all respectful, but, um, it, it's, it's always interesting to me how, um, what I mean by that is let's respect each other. How's that? <laughs> I'm going to leave it at that. I had a wacky morning, man. So, uh, who could it be now? Let's open the door and see, or as Marianne says, who can you be now? Let's open the door and see. Thank you so much, everyone. And I will speak to you next week. Enjoy. Enjoy.